So just like Pastor Randall said, I'm so honored to get to kick off this series of the Women of Influence. We have so many incredible women throughout scripture that I know you all are going to continue to highlight. But tonight, we're actually going to start with one of the most legendary mothers of all time, just Mary, the mother of Jesus, or as Luke commonly refers to her as um, actually the first female apostle. So there is so much that we can learn from this exceptional woman. But we're going to come to a scripture, a passage that you all may be familiar with, where Luke first introduces us to this amazing woman, Mary. So if you have your Bible with you today, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. That in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found great favor with God. And behold, you will bear a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Israel, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And then the angel goes on to share with Mary, another miracle that has already taken place in her cousin Elizabeth. It says that Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And what we need to know about Elizabeth is her and her husband Zechariah are in their later years in life, probably in their 60s at this point, and Elizabeth has been barren her entire life. They haven't been able to have children. It's been a great source of distress and pain for Elizabeth. And here we see that the Lord is enacting not just one miracle, but several in our midst. And he tells Mary, your cousin who has been barren is now going to have a son. And not only that, but she's six months pregnant. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word and the angel left her. Now, this is where our two stories kind of start to intertwine. The story of Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah, and then Mary's story, and the birth of our Savior Christ. So Mary arises and immediately goes, hearing what the angel has said, to see her six-month pregnant cousin. She's overjoyed and wants to see what's going to happen. So she gets there, and Elizabeth greets her. She uh, proclaims blessing and favor over Mary's life, recognizing that she's carrying the Son of the Most High, our God. And then Elizabeth says the most critical statement that we're going to look back at this evening. She says, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. 
Elizabeth gives us key insight into the blessing and divine favor of the Lord on Mary's life. We see the cause of this favor. She says she believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Thus, she is blessed. Tonight, we're going to focus in on this exemplary faith of Mary, this faith that precipitated not just blessing in Mary's life and not just blessing in her cousin Elizabeth's life, but through that vehicle, blessing to the entire world and the blessing that we live in and the divine favor to get to come into a space where we can connect and get to know our Savior today. So Mary's faith is what we're going to take time to look at this evening. We'll highlight three key areas of that faith in her. The first thing we want to look at tonight is that Mary's faith actually began before the promise ever came. And it might seem kind of odd to figure out how something could uh, begin before it started, right? How do we see that her faith has begun before this story even starts with us? But what we know about Mary is that she was a woman who knew the Torah. She knew her scripture. And while Mary's scripture looked different from ours, it wasn't something that she read day in and day out. It was something she would have heard, something that would have been repeated to her over and over again that she would have um, collected in her mind and her heart and memorized in her life. Mary knew this. We see her give a song of thanksgiving a few verses later where she recites key passages from that scripture. Mary's a woman who knew the truth of God's word. And because of that, Mary also knew the God behind that truth. You see, back in that time, um, one of the key aspects of uh, devotion to the Lord or holiness to God was the pilgrimages that um, the Jews would take. And women in that time were exempt from taking the pilgrimages. But this is Mary, the woman that we come to in scripture today. Although she would have been culturally exempt, we see throughout scripture that Mary actually takes the pilgrimages anyway. This was a woman who hungered to know God more, who desired to serve him obediently, regardless of what the standards around her said. She passionately pursued her God. See, it was Mary's ability to believe and have faith that started long before the angel arrived with his promise. Her deep relationship with God had taught her who God was and what he could do. And we see the evidence of that in Mary's amazing declaration. She says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me as he has said. This is a powerful declaration. Mary not only knows who God is, but she knows who she is in him. Mary's faith that we see exemplified in this moment started long before the angel arrived. It started in her daily, consistent commitment to obeying the words of God and a commitment to understanding and studying his word and his knowledge. Because Mary knew who God was, she could immediately recognize the possibility of God's promise and the validity of his claim. We know a little bit about truth claims, 
today, don't we? We have a lot of truth claims that come at us in society. We have a lot of truth claims, um, even right now, that are a little bit maybe of less import, although that might be depending upon how you value things. Um, but I don't know if you maybe had a lot of practice with this, but before the pandemic, I certainly didn't. Um, and that's online shopping. That is not something that I am particularly keen on. It's not something that I'm particularly gifted in either. That may make me a bad millennial, but regardless, it's not my favorite thing to do. Um, but no matter where you sit in that, if it's baby boomer or millennial or a different stage in that spectrum, we are all online shoppers right now because we have to get our toilet paper and hand sanitizer somewhere, right? So recently I had to get a tire gauge and I went online to try and figure out how I was going to do that. And there's lots of sites and companies that want to tell me um, what this tire gauge is worth. They have differing, um, differing products for me to choose from. So the first thing I did was go on and look at their descriptions. What are they telling me that they have to offer? And then I went through and checked the company names. Are these companies I'm familiar with? Are they people that I recognize or that I bought from before? And then, of course, what do I do? You look at the reviews. You go through and see what's the track record of these people? What's the track record of these companies? And while that might be a silly example for us and something that we're just doing with our commercial products, the truth is anytime we're presented with a claim, we have that decision to make. And Mary is able to make a spiritual decision through her faith because she's familiar with the track record of the one who's promising these things to her. Mary's relationship with God was the key to her being able to recognize the possibility of God's promise and the validity of his claim. But Mary's recognition of the promise didn't require full understanding of God's plan. That brings to the second thing about Mary's faith. Mary's faith contained questions. Just because she recognized it as truth doesn't mean she had full understanding. It also doesn't mean that she didn't have concerns or pressing questions after this promise was presented to her. You see, Mary seems kind of larger than life to us as we look at her in scripture. Seems like this spiritual giant. And while she had a spiritual maturity far beyond her years, Mary was 14 years old, 12 to 14. But we'll give her the benefit of the doubt and say maybe she was 14, but either way, she was a middle schooler. Mary was young. She wasn't a priest. She didn't have a spiritual title or a leadership position, and yet Mary comes to God humbly and honestly with a faith of questions. Whereas we rewind a few verses prior, and we rewind back to her cousin Elizabeth and Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, and an angel comes to Zechariah as well and pronounces this great miracle for Elizabeth's birth of her baby boy. And Zechariah, who was a priest, who did carry leadership 
and did carry um, years upon years of experience with the Lord, he presents a question to the angel as well. See, Zechariah's question ends up in a consequence, in a rebuke. We see it in scripture. In verse 18 and 19, Zechariah says to the angel, how shall I know this? Referring to the promise of God. He says, I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answers him and says, Zechariah, you will be silent and unable to speak until your child is born because you did not believe the words of God. Flash forward to Mary in her question in verse 34. Mary says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And in turn, the angel answers her and provides an explanation. And later on, we get a praise of her faith. So why is it that two seemingly same, in some ways, promises, and then two questions from different people warrant to so different results, so different responses from God? Is it that perhaps God didn't really want our questions, or perhaps there are some questions we can't ask and some questions we can't? Why is it that their two questions played out so differently. And the key is actually in what is behind their question. The key is in what they're truly questioning. You see, Zechariah's question of how shall I know this was asking, God, how do I know that what you say is true? And how do I know that you're gonna do what you say you will do? Zechariah wasn't sure that he believed these claims of God. Whereas Mary's question, God, how will this be? Was an honest question of how is it gonna unfold in my life? Mary's question itself presupposes her faith, presupposes her belief that it will happen. She's not asking if it's gonna happen. She's asking, God, what's this gonna mean for me? And how's this going to work? I know how these things usually work. And I'm engaged to Joseph and I'm not married. And I'm 14. And how am I going to have this child that's going to be the long-awaited savior of the world? Not only that, but I'm sure Mary was wondering, God, what's going to happen to me as these things unfold in my life? What am I going to do? You see, we know that Joseph continues through with the marriage, but Mary at this point has no guarantee of that. In this segment of her life, when she receives this promise, there's no guarantee that her engagement with Joseph is going to continue. And odds are, in her mind, she's thinking it won't. When she begins to show, Joseph is going to know he's not the dad, and that engagement's going to be off. And now Mary is going to be a single mom. This wasn't the life she had planned. It wasn't what she had expected. So Mary had some questions. You see, questions are actually a natural part of exercising faith. And sometimes we do get quick answers like Mary and explanations. And other times our faith requires a recognition of God's character and word without clear expectation. 
But either way, God is present in our processing. He's not a God who requires finished thoughts from us. He's not a God that requires his children to come with their feelings and their thoughts all defined and figured out and presented in a nice, neat expose to him. He's the God who longs to be a part of our questioning, who longs to be a part of the process. Oswald Chambers puts it this way. He said, faith is deliberate confidence in the character of God whose ways you may not understand at the time. See, Mary's faith began long before God's promise with her relationship of God. And Mary's faith was an honest faith that contained questions. Lastly, Mary's faith is a faith that expected results. Look at it with me in verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Scripture says Mary went on this journey with haste. And let me tell you something about this journey. This journey into the town of Judah from where Mary was in Nazareth, it's not an easy route. This would have been a several days journey filled with mountainous terrain, hilly territory. It would have been exhausting and physically draining and grueling for Mary. And yet, she makes on this journey with haste. You see, Mary heard the word of the Lord, but she expected that what God said he would do. This isn't a journey you go on if you're not sure that God's promise is going to be on the other side of it. She had heard the promise that nothing was impossible with God and Elizabeth would be six months pregnant. And the faith of Mary was active. It expected a result. It expected the result that God had promised. So she got up, and with haste and without hesitation, she went. And that's the culmination that we see of Mary's faith, truly what sets her faith apart in Scripture. As Elizabeth says in verse 45, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. You see, believing what God says and believing that God will do what he says are two different things. When we believe the truth of God, but we don't do anything with that or we don't expect results, it's almost as if these promises the Lord has placed in our life, whether it's dreams he's planted in our hearts, whether it's um, an invitation or a challenge, to grow our faith, whether through giving or whether through um, meeting someone's need through prayer or time, which is so coveted right now in the pandemic. With all of those things, sometimes they can become like artifacts in a history museum. We have them up on their shelves, up in their cases, and we pass by and think, yes, that's great. So I remember when that played out in my life and the impact that's had on my life and on our world. We can look at them and begin to pass by as they collect dust. But 
But this faith of Mary begs us to go farther than that. It begs us to not just rest on the truth of God's word, but to believe in its fulfillment. To have a faith that knows that what our God says, he will do. To actively expect and hope for results and fulfillment. This can be so incredibly difficult when the things around us are far less than what we expected. Perhaps God has given you promises in your life and you have yet to see them fulfilled. Desires of your heart that you have yet to see come into fruition. Maybe there are very real obstacles surrounding you that make you think there's no way God could cut through that and make it happen. And yet, we are called and invited into a faith here that no matter what our circumstances look like, no matter the seemingly challenging impossibilities that come into our day to day, that we can know that we serve a God who speaks truth and fulfills the truth he speaks into our lives. So my prayer for us tonight as a church and as individual believers is that we will have a faith like Mary's, a faith that knows God deeply, a faith that talks with God honestly, and a faith that expects him to fulfill his promises. Let's pray.